Amen. How wonderful was that dance just now. How amazing was the praise and worship and the dance. Uh, you know, they say never to follow children or pets, but I say never follow Brother John or the dance, okay? <laughs> just saying, next time can I just preach first? I'm just saying say that. For those who don't know me, I'm from I'm Sheila Zellers, and I'm from Naples, Florida. And um, I love, you know, for I don't know how many years, probably 30, since 89, 87, I think Mama Betty had been trying to get me to come to the feast. And she used to tell me every year, you need to go to the feast with me. And, um, <laughs> and she said it just like that. <laughs> And finally, about three years ago, um, God made a way for me to come. And I was sitting here tonight, and I'm not going to make a declaration without uh, protection of my husband's yes, but um, I think I have to come for the whole time instead of just coming in for part of the time. But I have to tell you, I'm going to do a 21-day fast before I come because... Those people know how to cook. They know how to cook. Them strombolis and that corn chowder today, let me just tell you, that was awesome. And that beautiful dinner tonight, I didn't partake of it, but I will after, after, after. But um, I've been uh, married to my husband, Tim. This year I'll be 42 years in November, we have two beautiful children. We have five beautiful, beautiful grandchildren and beautiful daughter-in-law, beautiful son-in-law. And um, just I'm thankful for my life tonight. I can't tell you that last year when I was here, the first night I ministered, we had an amazing service. And then it was like all hell broke loose in my body. And Satan really, really played havoc not on just on me, but Sister Dana. There was quite a few of us that we, I think Sister, Sister Kathy, Sister Betty, had. Uh, that's when she had shingles last year. It was like everyone who was supposed to be ministering, it was like all hell tried to come against us. And throughout that time until just in the last few weeks even, um, God has just been working a new work and a new heart and a new place in me to know him, to know him. Not to know about him, not to just experience um, a touch of him, not just to, 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 to get, you know, there was an old um, commercial, it used to be Brill Cream. A little dab, well, I got news for you, it said a little dab will do you, but a little dab won't do you when it comes to Jesus. I'm going to tell you, he doesn't want a little dabble, do you? He don't want you to just come to church on a Sunday and, and get that little dab that you need to try to make it through because he did not come to the cross of Calvary. Well, he did not come to the earth to live and to walk and to move and have his being here on this earth as a man and then go to the cross of Calvary and take the thorns, take the nails in his hands and his feet, the, the sword into his side and the and the stripes upon his back, and to die on a cross that we would let a little dab do you. He wants you to be immersed in his presence. He wants you to live, to breathe, to move, to operate, to have everything you are 
in him to be for him, through him, because of him, that a world that is lost, hurting, and dying will see that you're a Christian on the other side of that wall. We all know we're Christians most of the time sitting here. But until we really, really move and realize that when we stop being Christians that are compartmentalizing our lives and we say, God, I don't care. I am not ashamed of the gospel. And I'm going to give you praise every day. I'm going to give you praise every time I can because you deserve not just some praise, but you deserve all the praise, every praise in Jesus' name. Listen, put your hands together and clap like you really love Jesus. Woo! Woo! Come on. Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship is one of God. Oh, yeah! Every praise, every praise is to our God. Sing hallelujah to our God. Glory hallelujah is to our God. Oh, every praise, every praise is to our God. Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship in one accord. Yeah, every praise. Every praise is to our God. Let's see it like you mean it. Every hallelujah to our God. Come on now. Glory, hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship in one accord. Come on. Every praise, Lord. Every praise is to our God. Say hallelujah to our God. Come on now. Glory, hallelujah. Every praise, every praise is to our God. You know our God paid the price that we can worship in freedom. He paid the price that we can be delivered and we can be made whole. He paid the price for us not to be ashamed of the gospel, but us to go from this place and us to declare to a lost and hurting world that every praise, everything we are, is because of Him. Because He's our Savior. He's our healer. He's our deliverer. Woo! Yes, you are, Jesus. Yes, He is. Always. God, our Savior. God, our Savior. He's God, my healer. He's God, the deliverer. Yes, He is. Woo! Yes, He is. Yes, He is. Yes, He is. Yes, he is. 
Yes, he is. It's to our God. Heavenly word of worship in one accord. Oh, come on. Every praise. Every praise. Every praise. Every praise, Lord. Every praise. Lord Jesus. Every praise. Every praise. It's to our God. Every praise, Lord. Every praise. Every praise. Lord God, it's to our Lord Jesus. It's to our Lord Jesus. Woo! Give Him glory. Amen. Woo! We might have to do that again tomorrow night with a dance. True. I don't know if sister can put that one together that quick, but we want her to. Whew. Now, Mama Betty just told me that's one of her new favorite songs that I do. That's by Hezekiah Walker. I got the honor to meet Hezekiah in Naples, Florida, in my hometown, and my husband did some business with him, and uh, it was just a wonderful thing and that he was... He blessed me to have me sing that song. And he said, just take it. And you don't even have to pay nothing for it. Just take it and sing it. He says, as long as you just do it, honors, do it, honors. But let me tell you something. That is an amazing song. That is on the newest CD called Never Be Ashamed. Stand up, Sister Terry. She got the shirt on. Never be ashamed. Amen. And, um, you know, we come here because we love this place. But everything that goes on the table, I always give something back to the church, and I always give something to the missions. And we have a mission in Africa, we have a mission in Uganda, and we have a mission in Immokalee, Florida. So Google Immokalee. You can't spell it, can you? (laughs) Immokalee is in Collier County. It's one of the uh, horriblest, terrible um, uh, Mexican-ran um, cartels and, and their pickers. They're, they pick all of your vegetables. They do all this stuff. But they're also some of the most trafficked people in the world. And they also traffic each other. Okay? So they pimp out their own people for working and they pay them $3 an hour when they should be getting $15 an hour. They even have their own money. Okay, so they, they keep them in prison. So we helped at that church over there called First Assembly with Pastor Ernie Coons and his wife, Shell Ray. We helped to minister there and those little children who have nothing. So all that funds and all that, after we pay for the expense of the, of the product, we give that money away. And so we don't ta- I don't take any of that money. So I just want you to know that's going to be going to, to other people who need. And nobody would believe that the people in Carrier County are that unfortunate and that poverty because it's one of the wealthiest counties in, in the, the nation. But you know from everywhere that there's abundance, there also is the indignance of, of what people and who people are because there's always hurting. And we always want to make sure that you know that ministry is there. My husband and I, we are business people. We, have, uh, we own businesses. We're blessed in that way, we celebrated 46 years of business on last Thursday. Yeah, our business, amen. Our business, uh, our, our Ford store, our Ford um, became 46 years old. We've been married 42 years. And then our Hyundai store on December 12th, it will become 10 years old that we just purchased that 10 years ago. 
And so um, my husband loved what he does. He's a car person. He's a car salesman, and he loves what he does. I'm a minister, and I love what I do. I'm a singer, and I love what I do. And we love what we do together, and we love being and allowed to be who we are and, and that way because he, he's really great administrator, and I'm not so much. When he parks his car, he wants it on the line, not between the lines. When I park my car, I want it outside the lines. Y'all said something. It's true. It's true. But um, last year was a very challenging year from the time I left here in October and was very sick. I think I laid in bed, what, four days here? And who was your little people who gave me the, they took such good care of me. Your first timers, they didn't come back. Uh, they, they brought me ginger ale and, and crackers, you know. Was it you? Oh, you got here. You, you haven't been. That was you, wasn't it? You just got here, though, right? Okay. Okay, good. I've got to see. I can't even see. Without glasses? I can't see. Oh, look at you. I can see you now. You're back there. See, Mama Betty, she said, you're going to love that song I just did. Yeah. So, welcome. And they took such wonderful care. But in, 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 cause for time's sake, my, when I got home, my son had went diving in the Keys. And about four days after he went diving, he became very, very ill. And he almost died. And for 28 days, almost more, he was in the hospital on a ventilator. He's 35 years old at the time, two beautiful children, beautiful wife, healthy as could be. And the doctor said probably if he hadn't been a workout person and a naturalist and one that eats very clean, he probably would have died because he had epiglottitis. Now, I'm not a nurse, but they tell me that 20,000 people a year only get this, and within six hours, most people die. But because of God and the prayers of many of you and the prayers of the saints, it was just a miracle, and he was out of work for three months. He had to have pick lines. He had to go have in, uh, intravenous uh, antibiotics for, for months, months. But God has just raised him up, and he's gained that 40 pounds back that he lost, and God just did amazing, amazing things. Through that, I had gallbladder emergency, gallbladder surgery, and then I got double pneumonia on top of it, and it was just like a cycle of something. How many of you all ever been through that, stuck in that cycle of something? But how many of you know in that cycle of something, God showed up. God showed up so big that through that time, when I just weeks before my mother passed unexpectedly, the Lord started birthing songs in me. And he did that even through when I was here the first year. The Lord said, I want you to start writing more songs. I want you to more do more things. And then when my mother passed, my son was there, and I went through all this time, all of a sudden I remembered. How, how many of y'all know sometimes it takes that stuff in our life to get us to where God can talk to us? See, I don't believe that any of it came from God, but I believe that through it, God wanted me to feed on his goodness, to feed on his faithfulness, to feed on his love, and most of all, to feed on more faith in him and getting to know him. Getting to know who he really is. Not what he does, but who he is. What and why he did what he did for us. But how can I walk out of this, that I'm in this stuff, 
and do something with what he has, what Satan tried to meant to steal, to kill, and destroy. How can I raise it up and do something awesome with it? And I believe that the songs that are on this new CD, they are some of the most precious songs to me because they were not written through the process of the pain. They were really written before I got to that place. Three weeks before my mother died, I went into a writing room with a friend. I said, these are the ideas we have. And we started writing the songs, and then everything happened that seemed like could happen, and all hell broke loose. And so for the next four or five months, I could not go back to a writing room. I could not go back to a recording studio. I, could not go, I couldn't go to ministry. I couldn't go anywhere because either my son wasn't able to be left I wasn't able to sing. I wasn't able to travel. I wasn't able because I was in a place of healing. And I had to be healed. Physically, but mentally, emotionally. I spiritually was well, but I had to align my body, my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions up with God Almighty and what He says about me and what He wants for me to do. And that's you and I. I'm talking when I'm saying I. I'm just telling you my testimony because you have all been in that realm of stuff that you thought there was no light at the end of the tunnel. But God showed up on the scene and when God showed up on the scene, my feelings might not have caught up. My health might not look like it was there. I, there's time after time I'd call Sister Betty and I'd call Sister Pastor Karen especially, and I would say, you need to pray for me. You need to pray for me. Would I not, Pastor Karen? I didn't know what to pray because there was no answers because nobody could find the answer. But you know, through it all, what am I singing? Yeah. Through it all. I thought it was, but I want to make sure that was right. Ben loves me. I would walk through the house, and I would sing this song. Didn't have a verse, but I had a chorus. How many of y'all know if you got a chorus, you got a song? Amen? Because I kept singing. He is the power. He is the power. He is the power living in me. He is the power, He is the power, He is the power living in me. Because, you know, I didn't have any power. I didn't have any strength. I didn't have any answers. I didn't have any way to make this be fixed. Money couldn't fix it. Man couldn't fix it. So I had to do a double dose of the Holy Ghost, and I had to get a hold of the horns of the altar, and I had to start singing what I was saying, and then saying what I was singing, and He is the power. Go ahead, brother. Y'all might just have to get back up again. All you created me, no longer living in defeat. You became the peace, yeah, I am redeemed. Now listen, woo! Now it's time to rise from the ashes. Yeah, I'm glad that you were mentally established. 
in the power of Jesus living in me. I got the power, I got the power, I got the power living in me. I've got the power, I've got the power, I've got the power living in me. Do you have the power living in you tonight? Maybe some of us need a double dose of the Holy Ghost. Belinda, never wait. I can hear the fire spirit say, Get up, get up, it's time for living again. Come on. Get up, get up, it's time for living again. I got the power, I got the power, I got the power living in me. I've got the power, I've got the power, I've got the power living in me. I've got the power, I've got the power, I've got the power living in me. I've got the power, I've got the power, I've got the power living in me. Do you believe that tonight? Woo! Come on. We have overcoming power. We will serve you in this hour. We will, we will not be shaken. We will overcome. We have overcoming power. We will serve you in this hour. We know we will not be shaken. We will overcome. We have overcoming power. We will serve you in this hour. We know we will not be shaken. We will overcome. We will overcome. Lift your voice and say, He is the power. That's your part. He is the power. He is the power. He is the power living in me. He is the power. He is the power. He is the power living in me. He is the power. He is the power. He is the power living in me. Lord, you're the power. You are the power that we need. You are the power that lives in us. And greater is he that is in the world. No weapon broken against us will prosper. And every tongue that rises up against us will be found in the wrong. Because you are the power. Give him glory tonight. Give him glory tonight. Woo! I don't know. Y'all want one more? Do it. <sighs> Let's do, um, I might need to do a slower one. Let's do this one. Just so I can catch my breath. Now listen, I have eight CDs out there. You can buy all eight for $60. They're usually $15 a piece. That's a deal. But I've got the USB. And if you have a USB in your car, you can take me everywhere. Amen. So I've got two of these, the ones out there on the USB, and you know what? You can you can share them. You can put them in your CD. You can put I mean, you can put them in your your laptop. You can put them on your desktop. You can put them in your neighbor's desktop. They'll go. Where did that girl come from? And no, I'm kidding.
Remember, if you're going to play It Is Jesus, It Is Jesus, yeah, uh, you're going to play that off the real one, off the, back tr- off the, off the soundtrack, please. I do. Sometimes they hand them back to me, but you know that's okay. Am I singing with me or without me? Oh. Who would save a wretch like me? Let's let's do it off the other one. The faster ones I like to sing with me. The slower ones I can do. I did not write this one, but it was written for me. And uh, and been blessed this year through all this mess and stress and stuff to come in contact with some really amazing musical people. And this song was written by Matthew Edwards, and he is the music coordinator and designer for Israel Holton. And he did all my tracks, and he did them for almost nothing. And it was just a God thing how he put them together. And as we were singing in the studio and co-writing together the one song, he said, Pastor Sheila, I've got a song that's never been recorded, and I think you should sing it. And when I heard it, I couldn't quit crying through it. So this is it. You got it, Brother Ben? And Brother Ben doing a great job. Amen. Thank you, Brother Ben. We're all singing whatever you push. Hey, they're all original. You don't know if I'm really making a mistake or not. (laughs) As long as they make sense, we'll be okay, right? No, that's not it. No, that's not it either. No, that's not it. Nope, that's not it. That's like a Christian. That's it. That's kind of like us Christians. We try it and try it and try it until we get the right one, right? Please be blessed by this song. Just worship him. Who would save a wretch like me? Heal me with a melody. Amazing grace has ransomed me. Who would shame and sorrow share Every heavy burden bear Oh, what a friend I've found in thee It is Jesus Only Jesus He became my suffering. By His blood I'm clean. Oh, because of Jesus. Only Jesus. He has broken all my chains. So I sing no other name. 
My burden, all my shame covered by forgiveness. Hallelujah. What a Savior. At the cross I lay down. All my burdens. You erased all my sin forever. What a Savior you are, Lord. It is Jesus, only Jesus. He became my sacrifice. He became my suffering. By His blood, I've been made whole and I've been made clean all because of Jesus. And I thank you tonight, Lord God. You broke all the chains. 
Satan is a liar. He is a loser and he has no power. He has no authority. And because of your blood, I can live and be the woman and the man of God. You created us to be this night. Now for your glory and your honor and your praise. So Holy Ghost, we give you permission. Change our lives through the blood and the love of Jesus Christ. Through the resurrection power. Because it's all about one name and one name only. His name is Jesus. Jesus, we bless you, Lord. Jesus, you healed us. Jesus, you filled us. Lord Jesus, it's all about you. We give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise. And the people would say, Amen. 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 You know, because of Jesus, we can be who he created us to be. My uh, slogan on my ministry is that it is designed for people who want to be all God created them to be. When you come to Motivated by Love, when you come to the Feast of Tabernacle, when you come to a place like this, you want to come and you want to leave different then you came in. Now, if you don't leave different, I can tell you that sometimes it could be the person who's speaking's fault, but 99% of the time, oh, that's the fan blowing, isn't it? I thought I was hearing things back there. 99% of the time, it's because we did not plan to change. I can keep singing, and it can make you feel good, but the Word of God is what's going to change us. The Word of God is what's going to renew us. The Word of God is what's going to convict us. The Word of God is what's going to take you to heaven. And see, I believe if we're not careful that we all have become very, very, Accustomed to electronics. I love my iPad. I love my laptop. I love my iPhone. What's wrong with what I just said? I love. You don't love things. You love people. You love Jesus. You don't love things. Because things, as soon as things break, you'll throw them and say, what's wrong with this thing? And it usually was the third throw that broke it. Just saying. And so I had two messages tonight, and I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Because one of them is on the zeal of God. And zeal is a commandment, really. You know, I wish zeal had been made part of the, uh, uh, um, no, breastplate of righteousness, the armor. I really wish it had been made part of the armor. Because then we would have known maybe... And Brother, Brother West said something as we were just having a little conversation, because zeal without intelligence or zeal without understanding, we all been there, did that, and we don't want to buy the dress, I bought the t-shirt, of how to not do God Sheila's way. Amen? Because sometimes we, we want to rush in to do something. We want to jump in to do something, and it's all good. We're zealous. We want to get it done. But sometimes... It takes months of planning, months of preparing. 
You know, when Jesus went to Mary and he told her that she was going to be with child, it did not happen just like that. And in fact, she went through much, much pain because she was chosen to carry the Son of God, Jesus Christ. In fact, she was rejected. She was put away. Why? Because Joseph really didn't believe, this is not part of my message, but somebody needs to hear this, because Joseph really didn't believe that she had been impregnated by the Holy Spirit, because why? It had never happened, and he was engaged to her, so he knew he had not been with her. But the fact was, just because it's never happened doesn't mean it's not God to you. Right? And so if we're not careful, we will start to rely on electronics. One day I was talking to my daughter in the car and her two twins, they were about eight years old. And I said... uh, said to my daughter, she said, well, Mom, are you going to go ahead and go on that board or not? And I said, well, you know, I just really don't know. I think I should, I should pray about it more. I just haven't got a clearance from God. And my little granddaughter, Avery Faith, said, Mimi, why don't you Google it? And I said, Avery, I need to pray and ask God if God wants me to go on that board. I said, I don't think that I can Google that. She said, well, I'm sure you can. She says, because Google knows everything and God hasn't talked to you yet. And I think sometimes, if we're not careful, we'll expect Google to tell us what God really said. It. And, and we, you know, I was part of a ministry. I won't name it. A glow. I, anyway, we... <laughs> We could find like a spirituality thing, like, like brother, brother could be sitting there with that pen in his hand like that and holding his hand, and we could find out something. That, that could be a spiritual thing. And it meant nothing. He just mean he was sitting there intently listening, you know. But we could find something spiritual about it if we're not careful. That's a type of zeal that could go off the wall. Amen? But a few months ago, I was um, just studying and, and getting ready for some ministry, and um, I had my iPad out, and I was reading the Bible, and I said, Lord, I'm just not getting. I was going to minister for a women's ministry up in, in uh, Cape Coral or in Fort Myers, North Fort Myers. And um, the Lord said, touch the parchment. I said, touch the parchment. And all of a sudden... I started praying, and the Holy Spirit said, go study like you used to. When you didn't have a computer, he said, first he really said, when you had nowhere to go to preach. He said, go study, because you just studied to know me. You didn't study to get a message for a group of people. You studied because you just wanted to know me. You wanted to understand me. And you wanted to be healed from the inside out. You wanted to be, and I I remember telling the Lord one day, 
I said, Lord, I want to sing, because I was on the worship team in the choir at church. I said, I want to sing a special. And you know what the Lord said to me? You don't have a song ready. I didn't have a song ready. He said, how can you be asked to sing when you haven't even prepared? See, we all want to run and do some things and, and be out in the forefront and even on the, on the stage. Be careful of the ask to be on the stage. There's a greater accountability. Amen? So you better know you know that you're supposed to be called there because Satan likes to beat you up if you're not. Amen? But greater is he that is in us. And I said, Lord, I want to sing a song. He said, get one ready. That day he said, go study the word like you used to with a notepad and your Bible. That was before I knew what a concordance even was. And you know what? I had a hardback, and I still own it today, a hardback living Bible. Not the translation, the living Bible. Because I used to lay the King James on my head And I used to say to God, you're going to have to teach me this because this makes no sense to me. You have to remember at the age of nine, I was in a horsing accident and I had a brain concussion and a cracked skull. And from the age of nine back, I couldn't remember anything. So for my next few years, once the Lord delivered me, I was under in a coma for eight days and seven nights, seven nights, eight days. And um, I had my prayer group at my church, they prayed me through, and God delivered me, but I didn't have a memory. I didn't remember where we lived. I knew my brothers and sisters were my brothers and sisters of my mom because they told me that, but I didn't know. I didn't know how to add. I didn't know how to write. I didn't know, and I had to relearn those things. And so today when I stand before you and I can even put things together, it's kind of amazing to me. Because they, it was fortunate that that time we moved from Pinecrest, Florida to Naples, Florida. And when they did that, they did a testing. They, they put you in rankings of level one, two, three, and four. And so they put me on level one. That would be considered slow disability learning student. But somehow, God got a hold of my heart, and God, through that prayer's, all of a sudden, I had someone come along that was a, a, a gifted teacher, what they used to call gifted, and she started working with me. And she started helping me and having me stay after school. And all of a sudden, that healing that God had done a year before, all of a sudden, those things started coming back. I started remembering, but I never remembered the bad things. I never remembered some of the things that we went through as children But that day when the Lord spoke to me and he said, touch the parchment. Touch the parchment. Feed on my word. Feed on me. Feed on who I am. Feed on me. He said, Sheila, stop Googling to see if you're right or wrong. He said, trust me to give it to you. Well, now what I do is I write all my messages. I'm like Sister Rebecca Dana over there. I write all my messages, and then I put my message channel in to see if there's anything in there like that. 99% of the time, it's not there. But I want to talk to you tonight, and who's working me? Is that Brother Sean, are you working me tonight? Don't feed it, and it can't live. Whatever you feed is going to live. 
whatever you consume is going to be what you're going to spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, and financially be. So a man thinks, Proverbs 23.7, so a man thinks, so he will become. Now, if you read that whole scripture there, it says they eat and they drink with you, but their hearts are not with you. If you read the whole scripture and take it in context, it talks about eating with a rich man and why he really wants you to eat with him. For time's sake, I won't read it, but basically what it means is that he's wanting something from you. He's putting his, the delicacies and those things most of the time that you would think is so wonderful that he wants you to touch and taste and, and do those things because he is wanting to get something from you. How, who, who does this, when you, when you hear that in a metaphorically speaking, who is most likely like that? The devil. The devil. See, the devil don't ever dangle something in front of you that's worse than what you've already got. He's always going to dangle something in front of you that makes you feel like you're inadequate, unworthy, and incapable of ever achieving or gaining that place, whether it is in a job or in a spiritual mentality. He's always going to want you to feel lesser than. See, but when Jesus comes to you and he says, I want to show you your future and your hope, he's not going to show you your future and your hope through stuff. He's going to show you your future and your hope through his word. And I love it that a first century word is still living and alive and well in a 21st century world and that God's hand is not shortened. God still wants you to be all he created you to be. And no matter which road you turn down that was the wrong road or the right road, he brought you to this road tonight to set you free and to get you to the next level that he's called you to. And let me tell you something. I am telling you now, don't feed it and it can't live. And Satan is a liar and a loser. Satan has a first name. Liar. He has a last name. Loser. So from now on, whenever you go to say Satan's name, I don't even want to give him the credit to have a name because he, I want him to be exposed for what and who he is. He is a liar and he is a loser and he has no authority over you, over me, because we are children of the Most High God and he is our authority. He is our hope and he is the director of our lives. So many times in the church of God, in the, in the body of Christ, we give more credit to Satan than we do the glory to our Father, our Son, and our Holy Ghost. You know, I heard someone the other day say, went out to get in my car and it wouldn't start. And I, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was on my way. Blah, 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 blah. And you know what? I looked at them and I said, did you ever think that God maybe slowed you down to keep you out of an accident? Well, they were blaming, they were blaming God. You know what? Sometimes, sometimes it's not God that didn't stop your car. I mean, I'm sorry. It's not Satan that didn't start. It's God who stopped your car. Because you know what? Every morning 
We get up. Who has a key fob? I don't have my key fob with me. We don't even have keys anymore. Anybody got a key fob? I need a key fob. Can I borrow your key fob? Well, you know, everybody has, when you, when you say, she's got one here. She has a key, no, I need a key, I, I, need, I need a car key. You got a car key fob? Yes. He's got a rental one. I'll do this one. This is keys. Does this look like keys? Okay. It doesn't. It's a fob. It's a key fob. Did y'all know something about a key fob? (laughs) There's a little key inside. Did you know that? Well, you know, and that key, now see, I don't know how this works. You don't either? Right. Okay, I see it. I got it. See, this little key fob, there's a little bitty black button on the back side. There's a key. In the key fob. But you didn't know. So everybody who has one, guess what you, you know it now. You know what this key fob for? Which makes no sense to me. To open your car door if the battery's dead. She's going, she's going, you're kidding. You got one of these, don't you? And you didn't know that, right? So you can get in the car and lift the, the hood and you can jump your car without having to call somebody. Because you can get your power back by just having the key that's inside your key fob. See, this is a good representation of how we have believed a negative report And we believe that we don't have any power because we don't realize what we're really holding. We don't realize when we pick up the parchment paper. See, this is a first century book in a 21st century world. But it's only a book. You know what? I'm not going to desecrate the Bible, but I'm just going to lay it down. I'll lay it down. I don't have to desecrate my mom and Okay, thank you. You were the one who painted heaven. I love <laughs> you. Were the one who That's a book laying on the floor right now. It's you called the B-I-B-L-A. That's the book for me. We all have sung that in you little our schools and, and to our grandchildren and to our children. But you know what makes you this book different? Does anybody have a book that's not a Bible? And it may have scriptures in it. You are the hope that burns inside. You are the one I'm living for. You are the one I worship. You are the way, the truth, I can read it. You can bring sunlight inside. You are the one I'm living for. You are the one I worship. This is a Always there, but you were still looking for a feeling instead.
said a, a faithful God that said he would never leave you. He would never forsake you. I can, I'm not, I'm not done with your Bible yet. This book will bring life. That man of Bill Johnson, he can This book is a book of love. This book is a book of insight. This book is a book of pursuit. This book is a pressing on spirit in it that says, I can do anything to Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Nothing is impossible for my God. Nothing is impossible because I feed on God. I can live by God and I can have the strength of God and I can do all the things that he called me, anointed me and appointed me to do for such a time as this. And this book... It's the book. It's going to be there. You, Lord, are my protector. Jehovah. Jeremiah told them. After Jeremiah told them, I know the Father. Y'all can say it all by your. Y'all can say the scripture yourself. Let me give you what? A hope in a future. A hope in a future. But yet they were seventy more years. Because why? They got comfortable in their complaints. They were in their houses, and they had had their kids, and they were happy where they were because they were feeding on the wrong thing. And see, this word is not living until a human being takes it and opens. And starts to touch, touch parchment. To feed on those black letters and red letters. Because the Word is what's going to establish you. The Word is what's going to bring you to life. When everyone said you were dead and done, God says, I'm not finished with you yet. And then the liar tries to come along and tell you, oh, you're not going to make it. You're not going to do it. You're not going to be able. And you're going to turn around and say, I live by the living word. I operate by the living word. And the living word says, I am established. I am rooted. I am grounded in Jesus Christ. Why? Because I feed on his word Daily? What about moment by moment? What about if we just became devourers of the Word? I believe that God is doing what God is doing in the house of God of this house because these people of God 
devour the word. As we walk through their, their new adventure, a couple little blocks down from here, I was astounded with what God wants to do. And he's going to do it. This seems impossible for such a small group of people. But as we were doing praise and worship, again, thank you, Brother John, for your, your ministry and your, your, I want, oh, you want your car key back? <laughs> How many of you did not know there was a key in the pub? Hallelujah, you learned something at least. That, that, that's good. Woo, glory. So I want to tell you, in this day and time, this year alone, 66 billion dollars will be spent on diet aids, diet books, diet or, or, or exercise equipment. Did you know more money will go to losing weight than it will in the United States to missions? Did you know that most Christians will spend more money on an outfit for their children for Halloween than what they have given to missions this whole year? Don't feed it and it can't live. See, the Bible says that bodily exercise profit is nothing. Well, how many of y'all know? If you don't do it, it can't work. How many of you know? If you don't read it, it can't operate and work in you and work on you. Amen? First Timothy 4 says that. It says, for bodily exercise profiteth little. Now, it didn't say it didn't profit. Okay? But he's making a contrast that sometimes we take care of this temple, the temple, not the holy temple, just the temple. We take care of a temple more than we take care of the spiritual temple, building the life and the love and the hope of God in us, and we expect him to be on the scene no matter what's going on, that he's got to show up, and he's got to be there 24-7. But when we haven't even given him a minute or a moment of our day. He says, but godliness is profitable unto all things. Is that up on the, are you hitting the, who's running it? You get, there should be up there. Okay, now it is. Okay, there we are. Go back. Okay, there you go. But he says, all things having promise of the life that is now is. And that which is to come. You know, when I was getting ready for this, I was studying and I was saying, Lord, what? And he took me to the scripture. Now read this. Dissect this just a little bit with me. For bodily exercise profiteth little. But godliness is profitable unto all things. Having promise of the life that is now and for that which is to come. So when we 
exercise our faith by reading the Word of God and touching the parchment paper. I don't know if you understand how, how important this is, and I believe it's in the book of Ezra and in Second Kings, that when the temple was so desecrated and Josiah had become the king at the age of eight, at the age of 18, he was having the temple cleaned out. He realized that it had been desecrated. He realized that it had been used for ungodly, unthinkable, uh, just explicit things that we wouldn't, can't even, shouldn't even have to speak of in the church. But it's happening in our world today, and it's happening in our churches today, too. You have to be careful. Because we have to pray for a cleansing spirit of our churches because we want to know that it is pure and holy and above board because that's what God is. That's who God is. And so when he found these, when they were cleaning it out, some of the men of God, his governors, his, his uh, mayors or whoever there might be, the leaders of his, of his uh, cabinet, they bought to him the tablets. They were tablets, the scroll, they were literally tablets. And all of a sudden, they started to read them and started to look at them and started to wonder, are these the real, are these the real thing? Are these the real thing? Well, he found out that these were the real thing. And do y'all, do you remember the story? No, I don't, do you remember the story? He basically took and he took the, 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 the words of God and he put it on paper. Now, that was a reed paper. That was a true, when you see a parchment paper. Okay. So, and so they dry it out and they make it up and they would make it in. And, and, and the way they would roll it out, it was automatically roll. Okay. But they, he literally had the word of God put from stone to paper, to parchment. And then they decreed and declared it, and, and he put his ring stamp on it to certify it. And I'm telling you today, if Josiah had not been cleaning out the temple, how many of y'all need to clean out your temple? Y'all people looking at me like, where did she come from? That's why we need to have workshops. Mama Betty's preaching in the morning on a workshop. Y'all need to be here if you can, okay? Because we don't have time to go into all this. But what's most important is I believe today, and if you go over to, to Germany and you go to England and you go to Ireland, you will see that it was truly because of Josiah that the Word of God was put to paper. And we have a Bible today. We have the Word of God today to feed on. You know, sometimes still today, did you know that I read the Word of God and I don't understand it? But aren't you glad you live in this day and time? Because I can feed on the Word of God and even when I don't understand it and I just read it because I want to read it to know Jesus, not to learn, like to learn, like study. I'm talking about just to know Him. You know, sometimes those begots get in the way. You know, I tried to do on my Bible version, on my electronics, I tried to speed it up. Like I read it faster. So I get through all the bagats and I get through all the sons and I get through all the daughters and I get through all the, you know, tribes and I get through. Well, it doesn't work. Because you have to read it. Because it's not what always you're reading that 
that you're trying, he's, he's trying to get you to get. It's called discipleship. See, everybody wants us to disciple them, but Jesus says, I'm the great discipler. I'm the great teacher. I'm the great teacher. I'm the one that wants to teach you. So when you go to get discipled, all of a sudden, you will not have to wonder if they're right or wrong. You're going to have an inner person inside of you saying, yes, grab hold of that. Grab hold of that. Feed on that. Chew on that. Live on that. Gestate it. And then allow it to work through you to become the person of God that he created you to be for such a time as this. I don't know about y'all. The Word of God is more exciting to me each and every day. Each and every day. Amen. Amen. The Word of God tells us in Colossians 3.2, Set your mind on things above, not on the things of the world. Yet we neglect the temple of God in, in exercising. Y'all know we do. Now I have to, I just want to just brag on me. Yo, can I brag? I faithfully go to the gym three days a week. I know I look like it. That was a joke. Sorry. That was a bad one. Why do I go? I'm 60. I got to do something. Because I want to keep my temple, my natural man, and my spiritual man healthy. And if I go and spend that time in the gym, guess what I can do? I can put the headset on and I can listen to the word. I can, I can get in my car. I can put the word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God wants us to feed on his love. He wants to feed on his word. And he wants us to feed our spirits, his spirit, his life, his word, his hope. We are to feed our spirit spiritual food. We are to set our minds on things that are of God. And our bodies are to be fed the things. And we need to start taking better care. We need to start taking better care of our bodies. I know this week is the feast. And we can, we can, we can ignore some of those things this week. But come next week, we've got to get back on our regular routine of eating our fruits and our vegetables and our protein and keeping a balance to our body because that's one thing that I found out, that God wants us to eat like he ate. And we have to become more naturalist in our eating and in what we're doing. And listen, he didn't give me these kind of teeth not to chew some meat. For those who are going vegan, go right ahead. But I like a little bit of chicken and fish. Okay, so that's just want to tell y'all, if you ever want to know what I really like. Oh, sorry. First Thessalonians 4, 7 says, it's from the Message Bible. God hasn't invited us into a disorderly, unkept life, but into something holy, beautiful, as beautiful on the inside as we are on the outside. Don't feed it and it won't live. If you've got something in your life that has been toring at you and been tormenting you and tearing you apart, I'm going to tell you, you either feed it or you kill it. You say, well, Pastor Sheila, I can't move out from my husband. I didn't mean that. But you can feed people with kindness. You can feed people with love that's unconditional. You can love when love seems unlikely. Because when you love with the love of Jesus, you don't love in your own strength. 
strength you love because he empowered you because you fed on his word you set in his spirit and you set in his presence and you received his spirit and his spirit gave you the enlightening of what you needed to do or say or not do or say listen don't feed it it can't live feed it and it will live so whatever you feed it is what you're going to get back so a man sows so he shall what reap that's what the word of god says and it says here it says and the very god of peace who sanctifies you holy w-h-o-l-l-y and i pray god your whole spirit and soul and body may be preserved blameless to the coming of the lord that's in first thessalonians 5 23 to change your spiritual life, you must feed on the Word. This may not be anything new to you tonight, but I am telling you that the Lord Jesus Christ said, don't let electronic Bible be your guide to Revelation. Because he put the Bible, and the Bible's never going to go out of style, it's never going to go out of place, and it's never going it is still the number one selling book in America today and around the world. So I'm going to tell you, the next time you go to do your devotions, I pray to God that you will pick up your Bible. I, I have my mother's Bible with me tonight. It's always been precious to me because every time I would go into her house, it was always open and it was always had her reading glasses and she was always sitting right in front of it. It didn't matter what time of day I went to my mama's house, she was reading her Bible. And she worked eight hours a day up until the day that she died. But she read her Bible every time she had a chance. And that's why that day that when she died and I went to her house and my, aunt, my cousin had called me to say that your mama is ill, sometime I would finish my work. But I didn't finish my work that day. I got right in my car and I went over and my mom was laying in the floor. And you know what? I got her cleaned up. I got her in the bed and I called 911. And uh, it's a long story, but I didn't have the power of attorney to call. And so I had to get my brother's a, a, approval and my mom said no, and so when I called 911, the, the lady says, ma'am, I can't come. She refused. I can't come. So in a few minutes, when my brother called back, I said to him, I said, Mac, I said, I believe mama needs to go to the hospital. And she said, no, I'm going home. And I said, mama, you are home. And my brother said, Sheila, go ahead and call. And he said, I'm on my way. Go ahead and call. And so I called 911. And when I called 911, and I had the man on the phone. I said, I believe my mother has got some kind of bowel blockage or whatever she might have. I didn't know what it was exactly, but I said, she's got something. And, and, you know. and my mama said to me, Sheila, I'm going home. And once again, I said, Mama, you are home. She said, no, honey, I'm going home. Brother John, you can go. She says, I'm going home. And I said, Mama, she said, Sheila, and she had a weak voice. She said, Sheila, I've waited my whole life for this day. She said, do you not understand? I've waited my whole life 
to see Jesus. I'd never known my mama not to be saved. I'd never known my mama not to believe. I'd never known my mama when my daddy would beat her after he came in and she was drunk, that my mama didn't pray for that man, that she didn't confess over that man that one day he would be a man of God. And he did. When I was 14 years old, after not ever seeing my daddy sober a day in my life, I got to see my daddy sober for the rest of my life and the rest of his life until he passed away at the age of 67 of lung cancer. And I said to my mama, I said, Mama, she says, I'm going to see my Jesus. I said, well, Mama, you can't go see your Jesus. He's my Jesus too. I get to go. And she said, give me your hand. And she took my hand, Brother Sean, and she put her hand, my hand to her mouth. And she kissed my hand. And she said, Sheila, I'm not coming back home. Now, 911's listening to this. And I said, Mama, you're going to come back home. You're going to be okay. We'll take you. And she said, no, honey. She said, this is what I've been living for. And you know, Brother Lonnie, that day I realized that I didn't feed on the Word of God like my mama. I didn't believe that Jesus really is coming back. There was something about that group of people that we lost that desire to really win souls. My mama won the soul almost every day of her life. And I said to her, I said, Mama, I was going to go with you. And she says, no, honey, you're going to stay here. And the whole time she's holding my hand so tight and so strong and yet so weak and so much pain. And she said, you're going to stay here and go preach the gospel. And you're going to tell your brothers and sisters that I had a great life. But my greatest life is ahead of me. I'm going to see my Jesus. This is the day I've waited for. And I knew then that my mama knew that she had fed on the richness of heaven through the word of God. That she would live and not die. And even though her natural man would pass away, that her body, that she was already alive in Christ, I knew that she had fed on him because she taught us that when you don't have anything, you trust God. And when you have everything, you still trust God. You don't change your faith because you had zero and all of a sudden you became a millionaire. You can't change your faith because you had something and now you have nothing and you blamed God or you blame somebody or you blame Satan. You, when you get to your bottomless bottom, God says, I'm going to pick you up. When you call on my name, I'm going to be there. When you get to your toppest brightest mountaintop of triumph you've ever been. You better know that he will shine down his glory but he will not share it with you. All he wants us to do is to feed on him and step into him and walk with him and talk with him and become who he created us to be. Don't let the world mold you. Don't let the lifestyle of whatever you think you have mold you or don't have mold you because God does not see us as a rich person or as a poor person as an elevated person or as a, a debated person. He sees us as his children and he loves us. Because why? Because he loved the world. We were all yet once sinners. I'll never forget the greatest, I guess, legacy I could have been left. 
is that even though when they took my mom in that ambulance, she kissed my hand and she left me with a, a truly a blessing of life. I've never talked to anybody else in my whole life, and maybe some other people have similar stories, but I had this story because God knew I needed to be empowered with a hope that was eternal, that wasn't made up. It wasn't pumped up by a preacher. It was taught to me my whole life and then yet lived in front of me to see how much my mama couldn't wait to get to see Jesus. You know, she went on to the hospital and she went through some surgery and she didn't, she didn't do well. And the last words my mom literally spoke to my sister and I was she started not feeling well and they'd moved her to the heart department because they thought she had a heart problem. She didn't. She had a ruptured small intestine and they didn't find it. She went septus and she was going septus at the house, I believe, and, and she would die. I want to back up real quick. The 911 operator, he was in tears. And he said to me, Mrs. Ellers, I've never heard something so beautiful in my life. He said, I do phone calls like these every day. And people are screaming. People are yelling. People are... He said, but what your mother just did for you and what your mother did for your family, he said, and how you handled it, he said, I am just amazed. And he says, where do you all go to church? I mean, he asked us where we went to church, and I told him. And you know what? I don't know if he's ever came or not, but that, he wanted to know what kind of people we were. And I told him, I said, all I know is I told him where we went to church, but I said, my mama has loved Jesus her whole life. And now I know for all eternity she's going to love Jesus for the rest of it. I'll never forget the night that she died and she gave her life. Her life took her. My sister and I was there with her. And she was talking to us, and all of a sudden we could tell she was going. All of a sudden it just happened. And her last words was, let me up. And I, my sister said, Mama, you can't get up. you got IVs. She said, let me up. Me and my Jesus are walking this off. And like that, she was gone. She fell and she was done. My sister and I looked at us, and she says, should I let her up? They came in and pronounced her dead. And neither of us could cry. Neither of us could weep. Some people thought we were in shock. I called my daughter. And she said, Mom, I knew Mima was gone. She said, but you know what? Jesus told me not to cry. And I said, Joy, you know what? She didn't know what God had my mom had said to me, I said, Joy, you know what? Aunt Sharon and I are standing here and we're not crying. We started singing. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. And I looked at my sister and I said, I'm going to walk right on into heaven. And I said, I don't know if she was saying, well, I can walk this off or I'm walking on. Because she was gone. And you know what? I know tonight that if we feed on the Word of God, we don't feed the things that are in our way. We start cutting those things. How many of y'all need a Holy Ghost weed whacker? I mean, I just want to cut those things 
out of my life. That they, none of those things that would so easily beset me can get in my way because I trust my God today, and He's going to carry me on, brother. I have a. I feel like I have a word for you, and I. I see any behind you last night. You got. You're trying to make all these plans. God said, "Stop the planning." Okay, stop the planning. You've got so much intelligence in you; it's scary. Okay, and that's a good thing, because what you have is wisdom. And one thing that Brother West said: when we have the zeal of God, we need to have intelligence. We need to have to have understanding. We need to use wisdom of God. Okay. And you're zealous for what you're doing. But the Lord said, you're, he's going to make a way where there seems to be no way where you're going to be able to stay here more than you thought you could. But he said, well, until then, plow the field that I gave you. Plow, and I, you know, I, I know you live in Fort Lauderdale, so there's no fields to plow there, okay? But, but I believe those are spiritual plows. Plow the field I gave you because you're not going to be there too much longer. And he said to put the seed in the ground because the seed's going to come forth because they're still wondering what happened to you. They're still wondering, like, he's going to flip a switch and this ain't going to be happening anymore. Amen? So I don't know, but they're waiting for the switch to be flipped and it's not going to be flipped. In fact, it's going to be flipped on higher yeah. in power because you have, you have connected into a power source that you know has forever changed you from the inside out. Yeah. Amen? Amen? So he said, stop trying to figure it out. Just enjoy the journey, and he will show you because you're trying to put too much thinking into it, and stinking thinking will get you into wires that you didn't plan on getting connected to. Amen? Amen? Amen. So stop it. You, Don't feed it, Amen. and it can't live. Amen? Amen? Amen. Brother Rick, for you, the Lord said to tell you that you're, you've been journeying with some people that are mighty powerful. Okay. But there's a destiny for you. Right now you're still in a grief period. I know that from natural, but I saw it on you when I first saw you. I didn't know you were with Brother Roy and Sister Suzanne. But so, our pumpkin. Pumpkin one. But you're a servant at heart. But you have so many things and so many gifts inside of you. And you have those, some things that you have such great regrets over. And the Lord said, you didn't have those regrets. You're not to have those regrets. We all have times that we wish we could get things back. We wish we could do things different. We wish we could walk in a different... We wish we'd have said this and we wish we hadn't have said that. But say, God said, I know your heart. And that's what I look at. I don't look at what has been done, could have been done, would have been done, should have been done. I look at what you and who you are at the heart of God that you have. And this has broken you to a breaking that has been the hardest breaking you have ever had. But God said, through that, those who sow in tears reap in joy. And your joy is about, it's on the horizon and it comes in the morning. So every morning when you lift your head up, you're going to say, I thank you, Father, from which my help comes from. For my help comes from the Lord. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the Spirit of the living God. And he said, 
get ready, get ready, get ready. Because there's something in your mind. You have a brilliant mind. And you're about to invent something that's going to take all these problems and all these, these uh, financial woes. You have some big financial woes that need to be dealt with. And God said, I'm going to be the supplier, but I have given you the ingenious ideas, really, and creation, creative inventions, and I'm about to put it into place for you. Amen? So fear not. Fear not. Fear not, for I am with you. And when you present it, it's not going to be about this. Okay? It's going to be about who you are and whose you are to the praise of his glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Brother, what's your name? Are you asleep? Are you awake? Hello. I love you. I, sometimes I do put people to sleep. Just saying. What was you praying? Are you ready? Because there's a teacher in you that wants to get out. And you went down a couple roads that kind of like, they burned you. They burned you. And God said, I brought you to a place of hope. I brought you to a place of restoration. And I brought you to a place of, of discipleship and discipline. Amen. So I'm asking the Lord tonight, would you stand, please? And Brother Sean, would you come? Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible. Oh, it tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are But Tom, guess what? Because of the blood, the love, and the cross, you are a mighty conqueror in Christ Jesus. A conqueror in Christ Jesus. There's paths that you have walked that you thought you would never walk because you thought, I'll, I'll never be that way. And all of a sudden, before you knew it, you looked up and you said, oh my God, how did I get here? And God said, I don't hold that against you. You know why he doesn't hold that against you? Because you're here. Because you're here. You're here seeking him. You're here looking for him. And he said, I don't expose you and I don't embarrass you. There's something about you that's a fear inside of you, something being exposed. And God said, I told you over and over and over and over and over again that is under the blood and that is not held against you. So from this night on, you're going to say this. I'm a mighty man of God, taught and obedient to the word. I hear the voice of the good shepherd and that of a stranger. I do not follow. I do not listen to. I do not even give time to because I feed on the righteousness, peace, and joy of the Holy 
Ghost in Jesus' name. I will and I am the man of God. You called me before I was ever placed in my mother's womb to be. Not by might, not by power, but by His Spirit. You live, you move, you operate, you have your being for the praise of His glory and the building of His kingdom. You will teach the Word and you will show the people of God and the men of God how to be a man of integrity. Integrity. Sometimes that's like a foreign word to you, isn't it? (laughs) Say, I am a man of integrity. Of hope, of hope and purity, and purity. Of, love of love for Jesus, for Jesus and for mankind. for mankind. In Jesus' name, no weapon, no weapon formed, against me formed against me can prosper, can prosper. When, I when I am righteous, righteous in, Christ. in Christ. I am, I am righteous, righteous in, Christ. in Christ. I am forgiven, I am loved, and I am accepted in the Beloved. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. Never be the same in Jesus' name. Baptize Him in the Holy Ghost, afresh and new, Lord God. Filling from the tips of His hair to the soles of His feet with the power of the Holy Ghost. To the praise of your glory. We stir up the gifts, the callings, the anointings, the appointings for such a time as this. That He will never ever be the same because He's going forward in faith, feeding on the Word of God and not feeding those fleshly things. But He's going to say, no, Satan, you're a liar. You're a loser. Jesus Christ is the source of my life and I live and breathe and have my being in Him for His glory in Jesus' name. And the people would say, Oh, new knees, 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 new hips, Father God. Father God, I believe that there are hips and knees in heaven that are waiting to be put in pumpkins back and in their hips and her and her knees, Lord God, because you have a greater work and a greater call for her and Brother Roy to do. So, Father God, neither one of them will die before their appointed time. Job said, I will not die until my appointed day. And so, Father God, I thank you that Satan will not be able to steal, to kill, or destroy, but they will live to their appointed time and to complete what you have given them to do for such a time, such a time, such a time, such a time, such a time as this. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Stand up, sweetheart. Raise your hands. Father, I hear you say you need a blood transfusion. There's something about the iron. There's something about your, 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 your strength. And the Lord said, I want to strengthen you with Emmanuel's blood. Now listen, if I pray for you, you don't have to fall. I'm not in the falling business. I'm in the Holy Ghost business and let him do what he wants to do. But if he wants to put you on the floor, he's going to say something to you and he's going to do something for you and you're not going to come up the same. You're going to come up changed in Jesus' name. But Father God, right now, I don't know what it is, but this precious lady needs strength for the journey. So Emmanuel's blood. I ask for a transfer of Emmanuel's blood. New life. 
New hope. Now. Anointing of the Holy Ghost, fresh anointing, fresh fire of the Holy Ghost. Now, fire of God. Fill her from the tips of her hair to the soles of her feet. In Jesus' name. There may be some of you tonight that you say, Pastor Sheila, I don't read my Bible at all. And, and you may be wondering why you're going to the fight. You're going to the, to the, that, if you don't know the word, the word cannot work through you and for you if you don't have a deposit put inside of you. You need to put a deposit inside of you. One day I didn't want to go exercise, and I told my son, who's an avid exerciser, I said, I just don't feel like going to the gym. He says, are you sick? I said, no. He says, get up and go. That's when you need to go. Get up and move. That's when you need to go. Get up. And it spoke so to my spirit, man, that I got up, walked up to my prayer closet, and spent an hour with God because I realized I wasn't going to do any bodily good by just exercising, but I had to be in the presence of God. And then all of a sudden, my strength was there to be able to do the exercising that I was called and needed to do to be the evangelist and the wife and the mother and the grandmother and the worker and the friend and the sister and the, and the helper and all the things that we do as people because we feed on his word. So closing, this is what I want to say to you. I have to put my glasses on. I want you to make a list in the next few days. I want you to make a list of things that you want to die in your life. Things that you know that are robbing your time, your emotions, your finances, your spiritual walk, and your physical being. And I want you to put them on a paper. And I want you to say, God, I want you to tell me what I need to starve in my life. Because whatever you... Listen, Satan likes to be stroked. People like to be stroked. And I got news for you. If they'll stroke you, they'll stoke you. We've been there, did that, haven't we, Pastor? But when you make that list, then you're going to make another list. And you're going to ask God, God, what is it that you want me to feed on that will bring life to me that is not my life, but it's your life to me, your life in me, and in your life through me, that people won't have to be told I'm a Christian. See, I want to be like Peter. And I want to be in the grocery store where I walk by somebody and they go, Ooh, I was just healed. Who did that? What happened? I had this pain. Who who did that? And you just keep on walking going, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm thanking you, Jesus. Because it's not you that is the power. It's Him that is the power in you. And all we have to do is walk by and say, Good morning. And all of a sudden, that shoulder that was out of whack, it can be totally healed. Why? Because God touched them. I may have been the vessel but it was the almighty anointing. As Brother 
John was just talking about. It was the anointing that breaks the yoke. And you want more of the anointing, you get more of God's word in you. You want more of the anointing, you get more of God's love in you. You want more of the anointing, you get more of God's word in you. You want more of the anointing, you get more of God's power in you. You want more of the anointing, you want your life to be different. The anointing is the only thing that's going to change your life for God's glory. So then you're going to make that list of the things that God wants to feed on in you. Things that he wants to feed and he wants to grow and he wants to expand and he wants to bring forth life and then he wants to bring more life after its kind and he wants to reproduce and he wants to give more fruit and he wants to give more seed. How many of you know when a fruit seed has a fruit has seed, there'll be more life that will come to it. And then you're not giving out of your 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 just enough. You'll be touching people out of your more than enough. You'll be touching people out of the overflow because God Almighty is overflowing to you. He's giving you more and more because we don't live by just enough. We live by the Word of God and the Word of God is more than enough. Don't feed it and it can't live. I don't know about y'all. I have a good-looking husband. I know y'all have good-looking. I see good-looking. I see good-looking. But my husband can tell me all day he loves me. But if he doesn't ever walk by me and touch me or just say, Hi, honey, how you doing? You can say I love you all the time. Listen, love does not tangibly always touch, but it sure does make an impact when we show love rather than just say I love See, and you can't get to God's love without being in His presence. So in order for you to kill these things that need to die in your life, and for you to grow the things that God wants to grow in your life, there's only one person that you're going to ever get that power from, and that love from, and that acceptance from. It's in the presence of the Almighty. So I challenge you today. I challenge you, don't feed it. And it can't live. But whatever you want to live, you want your marriage to be better, you feed it. You want your relationships to be better, you feed them with the goodness of God. Sometimes you have to suffer and you have to give up some things to get some things to grow. But how many of you know when John said, John said, so some things have to be cut back. So God can grow greater. So you're going to ask him what it is he wants to cut back in your life and what it is he wants to flourish. And if you'll do this over the next 21 days, I believe God's about to transfer some mini- transform some ministries and some marriages and some relationships and this church and my church and your church, wherever you might be. You're going to see that God is going to change your world. And the only way for us to change the world is for us to be more like him. Father, I thank you for these precious, precious people. 
I thank you, Father God, that we have received your word, and your word says, so a man thinks, so he will become. Father God, we know that you love us. We know that you accept us and that are beloved. We thank you that you paid for our sins, past, present, and future. And we thank you that you filled us with your Holy Ghost and be the greatest teacher there has ever been. So, Father God, we're now tonight are going to die to our flesh. And we're going to say, Father, I don't want to be the old me. I don't want to be that old unsanctified man or woman. I want to be sanctified in your blood, your love, your washing of your word, and to be the man or woman of God you called me, anointed me, and appointed me to be for such a time as this. So, Father God, I will feed on your righteousness, your peace, your joy, your love, your trustworthiness, your faithfulness, your long-suffering, your peace, Lord God. And, Father, whatever the enemy has tried to assign to me, I will kill it. I will starve it, and I will not allow it to have another day of life in my life because I am not addicted. I am not a griever. I am not uh, uh, double-minded. I am not uh, wretched and old and, and, and undone, but I am a child of the Most High God. I hear the voice of the Good Shepherd and that of a stranger, Satan, the liar, a loser. I will not listen to anymore. He has no authority over me. I cut his authority and I put him under my feet and the banner over my head is love and because the banner over me is love, I can do all things to Christ Jesus who strengthens me. So Father, I thank you that it's not by might, not by power, but it's by your spirit. We live, we move, we operate. We have our being, Father God, and we go from this place as conquerors, as mighty warriors, those that are pulling down the strongholds. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we know that we have authority over Satan, and the blood of Jesus wins, and the cross of Jesus wins, and the resurrection power will give me the power to do and be the woman or man of God I need to be for such a time as this, and the Father, and the Son, and in the Holy Spirit, I pray, and the people would say...